A jagged brush of metal scrapes across my palm, and the all-too-human senses of pain take over. I bleed, but I heal, and I grow stronger than before. And a tear rolls down my winter cheek, berouged by the chill of the morning cold. I cry, but I smile, and it galvanizes my soul. This is a short poem called Caloose. And it's going to be the topic of what I'm going to talk about for this episode. In case you didn't guess, I'm going to talk about pain. I'm going to talk about physical pain and emotional pain. Now, I could talk about pain all day. There's so many ways to approach this. So I'm going to keep it to the important parts. Because I think that I should keep the podcast fairly short and sweet for now. I've seen podcasts can go on for an hour or two. And I'm just here thinking, like, how does that work? I couldn't speak for an hour, it would hurt my throat. And I've already got the throat of a bloody lung cancer survivor, so let's get started. Now, the first stanza of this poem is based around pain. Physical pain, pain that affects the body and the human itself. Now, we've all experienced pain. And there are lots of types of pain. Some pains are irreparable such as a lost limb. Some pains are extremely demoralizing and damaging. A broken limb, let's say, a broken bone. A severe laceration. But almost all pains are recoverable, recoverable in a sense. And I strongly believe they make us stronger. Now, excluding prosthetic limbs, which are arguably, at the moment, less superior to the limbs of a naturally born human. Most recoveries from pain are designed by biological nature to make us stronger. And until we get prosthetic limbs that can transform into, I don't know, an M1A2 main battle tank, we won't have any other form of healing in such a perfect way. We have had millions of years to learn how to heal properly and how to deal with physical pain to the human body. That's why we have lifespans that extend into the 70, 80, sometimes 90. And it's only increasing with every decade. They say that by the end of the next century, human lifespans will increase to the point where going over 100 will be commonplace. It already is fairly common now if you think about it. Everyone knows at least one person who's reached 100, or they've heard about a person who's reached 100 in the friend group or family circle. So what does that say about pain? Well, there are a few biological mechanisms that make pain what it is. Pain is, in the simplest way, a response to a stimuli that could hurt you or the body. Now, the clearest example would be being stabbed. Quite a brutal response, but it's very, very clear, effective and simple. You have a sharp object, you get stabbed by a sharp object, your body will react. It will engage reflexes to move away from the sharp object because this sharp object is causing you harm. And one of the body's primary directives that are written into the genetic information are to not get hurt because, generally speaking, being hurt isn't good for you. Yeah, shocker, I know. So, your body will take measures to prevent that. And... When you do heal from this, there are some interesting processes that allow you to heal stronger. You see, 
I'll use the example of weightlifting because it's something that I do and something I know much about. Well, not much, but I, I've got experience with it. That's what I'm trying to say here. When you weightlift, you are holding a very heavy object that has a grip and your palms may be very soft. So naturally, you're going to get chafed across the palm. That chafing action is going to cause your skin to flake or dry out. But it will peel and it might sting, but then it grows back. And when it does grow back, it tends to grow back in a thicker, stronger layer, a calluse. Now, a calluse is probably the best example of the way humans grow back stronger. Another example would be a broken bone. If you break a bone, your body will secrete chemicals in such a manner that more chemicals will be dedicated to repairing this specific area, this fracture in the muscle, I mean the bone. So you end up with a healed portion of that bone that's much stronger than the surroundings because this part of the body is already at weakness. It needs to be made stronger. It needs to be compensated for. But none of this happens if we don't give ourselves time to heal. You see, if you don't allow the body to heal, you never grow stronger. That's the problem with things such as not properly using medical equipment. For example, antibiotics. It's a common problem nowadays that people will stop their course of antibiotics before they're recommended to do so. And that leads to them becoming equally vulnerable to the disease they originally had as before. This is what led to superbugs. I'll avoid talking about this because this is a biology lesson, but essentially, if you don't finish the course of your antibiotics, your body doesn't have time to heal properly and learn to fight against that bacteria within your body, and the bacteria learn to fight against the antibiotic, and they become stronger, your body becomes weaker, and the process starts again, but this time it's a lot harder to cure. This is what happens if you don't allow yourself to heal. It's like breaking an already fragile bone. You're not doing yourself any good. So why don't we allow ourselves to heal from emotional pain? The idea of emotional pain is accepted, yet people don't like to talk about it. People seem to think that, oh, this is taboo, you shouldn't talk about this. You can't openly go around talking about how you're feeling sad or how you feel hurt at the moment and you need some time off. But we can do that about broken bones, obviously. If you break a bone, then you generally get some time off of your daily busy life. You need time to rest and heal. Yet if someone experiences emotional trauma in such a way that it leaves them hurt, apathetic, empty, sad, we don't allow that person to heal properly. Why? It doesn't make sense now, does it? We have these two forms of pain, emotional and physical, but all the attention goes towards physical because, quite simply put, that's what we see. We don't have a direct look into the mindset of a person. We can't see how they truly feel. And that means we'll never understand what pain they go through. We've all had our fair shares of pain, but have we all truly understood one another for that pain? I don't think we have. There are obviously select individuals who are more empathetic than others. But even then, society as a whole isn't very open towards this idea of allowing people to mourn or 
allowing people to recover from emotional trauma. People are expected to man up and move along with it. This is especially present in teenagers and young adults and men. These three groups all have something in common. Social pressure. They all expect to just simply keep a chin up because they're at such a busy, important stage of their life and they should be making sure that they're doing the best for their family, their school, their job, whatever applies. But by doing that, you're ignoring so many problems and issues. And what's the result? Well, just like the analogy of a broken bone or antibiotics, you're just going to get hurt even more. That person is going to get hurt even more. It's a self-repeating cycle that leads to so many issues, which is why the suicide rates in people in the Western world is only increasing. We shut down when people try to open up. We close them off because they shouldn't be opening up. At least that's what we think. In reality, they should be opening up. Everyone has a right to talk about how they feel and how they hurt. So what is the right way to deal with emotional pain? Well, they say there are several stages of mourning, and in all honesty, I don't remember them, so I'm going to try and make some up on the spot. But essentially, you have the immediate reaction to something. If something goes wrong, you tend to feel distressed. It might be delayed, there might be a latency period. I know that I, for one, have a latency period when something goes wrong. If something goes tits up, I won't really realise it until a solid week or two weeks later. Only then will it hit and, I th- and I'll think, ah, fuck, you know? And then what happens? Well, we express that distress. Some of us cry. Some of us isolate ourselves. Some of us take to darker measures. There's a lot of ways that we react towards emotional trauma and pain. And then we have that horrible little period where we feel not much at all, but the pain still remains there, and all we want to feel is anything else. This is the point when addictions are most capable of taking over a person's lives. In that bid to change anything and feel something that isn't that pain, people tend to take up drugs. No, I'm not talking about things like cannabis or alcohol. Actually, no, alcohol is included. I'm talking about things like a lot of drinking, uh, harder drugs like cocaines or uh, prescription painkillers, things such as these that take away the attention from the emotional trauma and towards an ec- ecstasy feeling within one's body, a euphoria. And then, assuming that somehow they manage to get past the addiction or the the blank period, they'll end up in a place where they reflect on what's happened, and then eventually they'll heal. This can take anywhere between a few days to a few weeks to a few years, depending on what the emotional trauma or problem is. I'm really not sure if that made sense to you, so uh, please bear with me. But what I'm trying to say here is that by not allowing ourselves to heal, we're skipping all of these steps and going right to the part where we just pick up addictions or pick up bad habits. And that's, in the long run, very, very bad. Yeah. Not rocket science now, is it? Anyone with two brain cells can tell that it's very, very bad. And I have just two brain cells bouncing around my cranium like the DVD screensaver logo thing on the TV. Yeah. It's not that difficult to understand, yet we refuse to understand it. And because of that, mental health problems in children and teenagers are rising every day. 
So what can we do? Well, let's take a gander back to physical pain. When people are physically hurt, we give them chance to recover. We offer them help. We allow them to take time off from their lives so that they can take that time to divert resources into their body healing. So why don't we do that with mental health issues? We don't tend to allow people to have emotional breaks. We don't let people have mental health days because they should be at school, they should be working, they should be making an income. But if you're going to be that pessimistic about that, then why don't you consider that the efficiency of their work will be decreasing? That's the argument for the person who won't recognize the mental health issues by themselves. But what you really should be recognizing is that people need time if they have a mental health issue to recover from the issue the same way you would from a broken bone because you need time to understand what you're going through most people who have mental health issues don't really know what they're going through they don't know what to call it half the time you can get diagnosed only then do you really get a name for it but even then that name is just a name Depression, for example, is a very general term. There are many different forms of depression, such as manic depression, bipolar depression, a lot of different types. Yet, people are all expected to recover in the same way, to just keep a chin up, smile and carry on like nothing was happening, because somewhere out in the world is having it worse than you. But how do you know that that person in the world has got a completely different mindset to you? It's not about what you experience, it's about how you feel. If you feel awful, then you feel awful. There's nothing to go around that. There is no spectrum for feeling like utter shit. If you feel like utter shit, then that's it. You feel like utter shit. So what can we do for those people? We should offer them space. We should offer them resources at the same time. We can say, hey, I understand that you may want to be alone, but if you need me, I'm here. Give them an open arm. Give them a hug. Offer them a shoulder. Offer them an ear. There's a lot of small things that we can do to help our individual peers. And then the government itself could start working on getting the counsellors that schools need to start helping out the students within it. Because teenagers are under so much pressure nowadays. Most of you guys listening to this podcast is, you know, from the teenager age category because I advertise this shit on my fucking Instagram, you know? Like, we know what it's like. But no one talks about it. And that's a problem. So in summary, I've covered physical pain, and I've talked about how physical pain makes us stronger and how we grow back from it. But mental health and mental emotional pain, recovering from it right will make us stronger. We learn from what we felt. But the problem is we don't allow ourselves to recover, and society doesn't allow ourselves to recover. And that just leads to more harm than good. So if there's anything to take away from this specific episode, it's that you should always allow yourself to recover. You should feel okay with talking about these things to people you trust. And if you don't have people you trust, find people you trust. There are always people out there. For example, at my college, we have the active listeners group. I'm an active listener to myself. If you know me and you need to talk about something, I'm always happy to talk about it. So... Just consider your mental health as an extension of your body. Your soul is just another part of your body. Treat it like an organ, so they need to take care of. I'll quote the last stanza again. 
And a tear rolls down my winter cheek, berouged by the chill of the morning cold. I cry, but I smile, and it galvanizes my soul. Let your soul become galvanized. Thank you for listening. I am Shad, and this is episode two of the Shadcast. I need a better name for that podcast. Oh well, it will do. See ya. Love ya. Bye.